0: Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Celebrate that story. Melissa and Lindsay, uh, part of the heartbeat of our church and what we're actually looking at and talking about uh, this weekend specifically. So so cool to hear that amazing story unfold, actually, in our church. Hey, everybody, I'm Jarrett. Good to see you. How are you? Good to see you. This is fun. I get to, to, to be with y'all. Uh, I'm Jarrett. I'm one of the lead pastors of Soul City Church here, and it is so good to not only be with you if you're kind of new around here, uh, it's good to be back with you because uh, Jeannie and I and our family took a much-needed break this past month. It was such an important and needed and meaningful time uh, for us as a family, for Gene and I as a couple, and then for each of us individually to do things that God wanted to do in each of our lives. I want to give you some quick highlights because I have the mic and you don't. Uh, we moved We moved into our new home, so we're very excited about that after... A lot of renovation that continues on to this very day. For those of you who've ever moved, you know that we had to get saved again and again and again in the process of that. Um, and this is what's really fun. Gene uh, and I actually got to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. How crazy is that? It's pretty cool when you get married to eight years old, what you get to celebrate at this age. So, uh, so that was really meaningful for us. We're, we're grateful to not only have made it Uh, this far, but to see that we are that much more in love with each other and that much more in love with Jesus than the day we said yes to each other. So that was a big deal for us this last month. Our kids started in full-time, in-person school. Can I get an amen from every parent? (laughs) Online, You can type AMEN, all caps there. And so they're thriving. Our kids are doing absolutely amazing at their new schools. And then a uh, fun last little thing. We actually got to get away as a family for a camping trip in Yellowstone. Oh my gosh, Yellowstone. Cliff, how amazing is Yellowstone? Absolutely beautiful. I'm going to scrap my message, and this is going to be an infomercial for Yellowstone for the next 25 minutes. It was such a beautiful time for us to, to go there and to have these experiences together as a family. Truly a magical space. And you need to understand, Jeannie went all out on this trip. I mean, full cowgirl, granola. Like, this was her trip. She let us come along. That's kind of the vibe. We all learned that very quickly. And uh, so it was such a good time for us. It was so needed such a great break and we are so grateful incredibly grateful to our elders who instituted this break, this rhythm of rest and replenishment for for Jeannie and I. And so incredibly grateful to our amazing Voices speakers. We had some of the best speakers in the world come and speak into our church over the month of August. If you missed it, you definitely need to go back. And then I just want to take a second and bless the snot, if I can say that. Jeannie's going to give me a note afterwards. Out of our incredible Soul City staff who led this church magnificently in our absence. They did an incredible job. And uh, we're so grateful for our team. And it's just really, it's just really good to be back and to actually see you. Now, if you're you're new around here and you're wondering what this church, this uh, church is really all about, it's really simple. We are all about leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. That's it. We want to help lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. It's why we do what we do here in our church and here in our city and then literally around the world. Speaking of which, if you are actually worshiping with us online through our global church, uh, we all, can everyone say hi to our global church right now? Everyone say, hey, hey. I'm so sorry. You deserve more than that. You deserve better. Chicago loves you. I, just, I know it's hard to tell from these folks. Can we say hey to our global church this morning? See, getting there. Uh, We'd love for you to take a second, those of you who are worshiping online, to actually give a shout out where you're at, where you're joining us from. It's so cool to see God actually move well beyond the walls of this church. There's a family that I grew up with in the Bay Area of California that watches every week. It's a family that I grew up with. They watch every week and comment in the comment section. How cool is that, that God is reaching people all over the place. And I'll also, not only let us know where you're at in the comments, but let us know how our pastors can pray for you, how we can help you get connected. Um, And and before we get into the heart of the message today, which I'm very excited about, more than Yellowstone, but also other stuff from Jesus, uh, I do want to just say how good it is to be with you here in our local church. It is so... Can we all just take a big, deep breath and go, ah, through your mask. "Ah," Isn't it, like, good to be with others? Like, we need this. I think more than we know, our, our souls long to connect like this, even, even if it's at a distance or even if it's just to be in this same space like this. And I know you all got to, we got to experience that this summer. I mean, some of us went crazy this summer, but you know we got to experience that at concerts or at Cubs or Sox games or you know going out to restaurants, but we need this kind of gathering together. And I, I would say, That our souls actually, as Brandon was saying, would long for this to be with the people of God, experiencing the presence of God in the same sacred space. There is just, it just hits different. It just does to be in this space. And it's easy to miss how much we need this. And I don't know about you, but this last year, all my rhythms like that I'd worked really hard to get into my life, All my rhythms got rocked. Did anyone else's rhythms get rocked the last year and a half? Like all my rhythms around work and around school and even around church, all my rhythms got rocked. And I know personally how easy it is to have the best intentions give way to any number of distractions, right? Like, okay, I'm, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to be with, I'm going to be there. And then, you know, things happen. Life happens. It's a beautiful day out and, and things happen. And so I just want to say this quick little word. Uh, if you live here in Chicagoland, I want to encourage you as clearly and compassionately as I can to be here with us in person. We, we, we don't need you here to kind of fill a room. We're actually filling up this room. Just fine. You need to be here to fill your soul. And you can rest assured that our team has worked hard to honor all safety protocols from Soul City Kids to our serving and volunteering to how we gather even in this room as well. We believe that your physical health and safety is a spiritual matter when you're in this space, and we take it very seriously. And again, your soul needs this more than you know. Trust me on this. If you're here in Chicagoland and you haven't been here for a while, and maybe you found yourself in a little bit of a rut. Let's just, since we're already being honest, can we be honest? Anyone else found themselves in a bit of a rut the last year and a half in one way or another? Like, really? Because I think all of us. Anyone here found themselves in a rut at all the last year and a half? Oh, that's where you are. Okay, yes. All of us have. And I found myself in spiritual ruts, significant spiritual ruts the last year and a half. Again, because everything's been turned so upside down. And so for those of you who are here in Chicagoland and, and, and it's safe and healthy for you to do so, I just want to encourage, this is your loving encouragement from one of your pastors to get your butt out of that rut. All right. Get your butt out of that rut. Get your butt out of that rut. Come on. Get your, See, listen, that's all we're trying. No, don't encourage, don't. don't, incur, don't. It's been a minute. Do not encourage me. I will blow this whole message out. Do not encourage me. Do not encourage me. Because we we need this. We need this. No, that's not helpful. We need this. Just say, there's more later. Just say, we need this. You need this. And we miss you. And we want to be with you. So if you can, and it's healthy and safe for you to do so, please join us. Because today we're kicking off a brand new series. And I would say a brand new season for us as a church here at Soul City. We're calling it be love. And the whole idea of what we're gonna talk about for the next couple months when it comes to be love is just simply this. When you get how loved you are by God, you get to be loved to others. When you get how loved you are by God, you get to be that love to others. This is not about religious guilt. This is not about moral principles. This is about love. That's what it's always been about with God, how much he loves you. And you get to be that love, that same love. You get to be that love to others. That's what we wanna be known for as a church more than anything else is our love. And we're gonna unpack all that that means over the next couple coming weeks and how we're moving forward in new ways as a church to truly be love. And we just, we want you all to be a part of that. Now, you know, I mentioned a little bit ago about our family trip and to, to Yellowstone, which is absolutely stunning. I don't know if I've said that yet. It was so beautiful. And uh, I, I just want you to know, I, I'm at a stage in my life where I've gone full dad. I've just crossed over, full dad, no filter. And I've taken hundreds of pictures on this trip of flowers, of waterfalls, <laughs> geysers, bison's butts. Like I have taken... So many pictures that you will never see. Hundreds of pictures. That It's out of love that I don't make you look at all of my pictures from this last trip. And it got me thinking about all the pictures that we have, maybe you have around your house that you take, but specifically because of the world we live in and how things are now, all the pictures that I do share. Have you ever thought about all the pictures that you take? That's just, it's such a, we've just all become so used to that, but we didn't used to do that. Like there was like slideshows or some Polaroids, but like now we just share everything. Have you ever thought about how? how many pictures you've posted online. For those of you who kind of have social accounts, How many pictures do you think you've actually posted online? I have posted so many pictures, and there's some I wish I could take off. I wish I could get back because I didn't understand how it all worked. You know, all the things that we put out there, all the things that we try and project. Have you thought about all the things that you're trying to actually project out into the world through the pictures and the posts that you put out there? It's crazy. You know, one of the things I did in preparing for this message, because I was thinking about, man, I've shared a lot about my life. What was the very first picture I ever posted on Instagram. I just went to Instagram. I was like, what was the very first picture? Have you ever gone back and looked at your very first? Because I was there, you know, kind of like when it started to roll out. I went back to my very first post. And it's very funny. I don't know. Do you remember, like just before we showed. do you remember, do you remember like when Instagram first came out and we put frames around every picture because we thought we had to, like every picture had a frame and we used filters, so many filters, like great pictures were ruined by bad filters because there's like four filters to choose from in the beginning. So I went all the way back to my first Instagram post, and this is it right here. Check it out. Look at it. Look at the lighting. Do you see what I did there with the depth of field and the lighting? And I want you to just look at my caption. This is literally all I put work. That's literally all I put. And I don't even know what I was working on. I just took a bad picture of my laptop and put work. And this is what I'm most proud of. Ten years later, not one like or one comment on that picture. That's phenomenal. That's what started from the bottom. Now I'm here. That is... Phenomenal to think about. And please do not go like or comment on that picture because I want to keep my perfect streak there. Please do not do that. Like if you go back and look about the first thing you ever posted. Now I'm some 2,796 posts later. I wonder if someone were to go through just, I'm just talking about Instagram, but they were just go through my Instagram feed. What would they learn about my life based on what I posted? Like if they didn't know me and all they had were these visual cues, these breadcrumbs that I've left over the last 10 years, what would they learn about me? What would the story be that they would get from, from what I posted? Or I guess, you know, think about you. Like, what would people learn about you from whatever? Those of you who post, like, what would they learn about you from what you've posted over the years? What do you think the story would be that they would write about who you are? If they didn't know you, all they had was to go on what you're projecting and putting out there. What do you think they'd think? Maybe they'd think, wow, this person really, really, really loves their cats. Like they really love their cats. Maybe that'd be the story that they, or maybe this person must make a ton of money because they seem to always be eating out at restaurants. Every picture that are new restaurants, this person must be loaded. Maybe that's the story they write. Maybe they'd write the story that this person knows where all the coolest walls are to stand in front of in Chicago because they're always standing in front of a wall. I don't understand why, but maybe that's story they'd write. Maybe what they would write about you is that you must be sponsored by some athleisure company because every post seems to have you in some form of athleisure. Maybe they would discern just from looking at your post that you are really, really, really excited that Starbucks is finally rolling out their fall flavors and you are here to celebrate. I don't know what they would get from the story of your post, but that's an important question to think about because all of us are projecting something out there. And I guess the real question is, is does what you project reflect what matters most to you? Because we're all sharing. It's a totally cool thing in our culture. We're all sharing, 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 sharing our lives. But does what you project, what you're putting out there, actually reflect what matters most to you? Does all that you post reflect what matters most to you? Have you ever thought about that before? Because there's a story that you're writing. There's something that you're putting out there. Like, What would people say about you from what they see in you? From whatever it is that you are putting out there in your life. And here's the real kicker. Here's the real kicker. Think about this. Is what people most see from you what people most need from you? Have you ever thought about that? Because we're all sharing. That's great. But does what people most see from you, is that what people most need from you? And as we kick off this new series and this new season in Be Loves a Church, I I just I want to bring you back to something that is just fundamentally true of you. It's true of anyone who's in relationship with Jesus. Regardless of what it is that you're trying to project into the world, this actually is something that is true of you. And it's something that maybe you've lost sight of over this last year and a half, but it's it's something that reflects what you are actually meant to project into this world. Something that this world actually Desperately needs to see in you, desperately needs to see from you, and it's found in the life and the light of. Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible and open to Matthew chapter 5. If you're here in this room, there should be a Bible right in front of your seat. You can grab that right there and turn to page 786 in the Soul City Bibles here in this room. If you're worshiping with us online, just open up a separate tab or on your phone so you can jot down notes from this. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at this thing that is true of you that our world desperately needs from you. Now more than ever. Now, this passage where we're coming at in Matthew chapter 5, let me give you some quick context. This is the start of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, arguably the greatest sermon in all of human history. And this is the very start of it. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gives this profound lesson. And it's not about um, so much how to get, it's not like about a way to get into heaven. It's more about a way to live with Jesus here in this earth. It's about a way to live out the ideal, the kingdom of God here in this earth. That's what the Sermon on the Mount's about. And this is right towards the beginning of that. And this is something that Jesus says about you. And I'm gonna pause in a minute and have you shout out the word of the day. So here it is. Jesus says this in Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the what? You are the light light of the world. Let's try it again. I want you to actually type this in all caps online. You are the what? You are the Light. light of the world. You are the light of the world. He goes on to say a a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people actually light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, this is a fundamental truth that you need to understand about who you are in relationship with Jesus. He says, you are a light. You are, listen, you are a light. You are a light. You have a light and a life that reflects Jesus, that is meant to be projected into your world. Now, listen, there's, there's a lot of things that we try and be. There's a lot of things that we try and project and just kind of put out there. I mean, just check your LinkedIn profile, your online dating profile. Like, we're all trying to put things out in the world. But Jesus says, here's something that actually is true of you. You are a light. You are a light in this world. And if that phrase sounds familiar to you, it's because this is not the only time that Jesus used that phrase, light of the world. In fact, he uses this exact phrase in John 8:12. You don't have to turn there. I'll just put it on the screen. In John 8:12, it says this. Jesus says, "I am the light of the world." Do you see that? "I am the light of the world." Whoever follows me will never actually walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Now, this is really interesting, isn't it? Because who is Jesus saying is the light? He's saying, I am the light of the world. He refers to himself actually as the light of the world. Jesus says, listen, this is how I want you to think about me. I am actually a light meant to shine bright into this world, meant to actually illuminate the love of God in this world. I am the light sent from heaven that eliminates and eradicates darkness and despair. I am that light. Those of you who are in the front row, I bet you are really regretting that you sat in the front row today. Because this is a bright light, right? You're gonna put your sunglasses on. Okay, I'll get you in the balcony too. Rita, I got you too, right? This is what Jesus says. He says, I am that light, the light in the world that shines bright. In fact, all throughout the gospel of John, Jesus refers to himself as the light. John refers to Jesus as the light. The light of heaven sent to illuminate life and eliminate darkness in our world to show people the way to God and a way through this life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And what's so crazy that we just read in Matthew chapter five is he says, and so are you. You are this kind of light. You are the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. So are you. You are the light of the world. Of the world. Remember what it said there. You are the light of the world. Town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and then hide it under a bull. No, you put it out so everyone can see it. Why? Because you're a light. Because that is actually who you are. You are a light in this world because of His light in you, because of His power and presence in you. You are a light just like Jesus. Now, come on, that is a powerful thing to think about, is it not? that he says that I'm the light of the world and this is, I've come to eradicate darkness. And he says, you are the light of the world. You too are the light of the world. You are actually hope for the hopeless. You can be a light in the darkness, a way for people to look at you and actually see Jesus. That is a big deal. I feel like y'all aren't even getting how significant it is that Jesus says that you are actually that light. Every student sitting in the balcony, you are a light to your world. Every person gathered here, every person worshiping online, you are the light of the world, just like Jesus. But let's be honest. I mean, who feels like this kind of (laughs) light? Like even on our best days, do you ever feel like you're like, yes, Jesus all the way. Everyone sees Jesus in everything I do. I mean, like like even on our best days, if we were to be really, really honest, do you know what what we feel more like if we were to just be like really honest? This little light. (laughs) Little night light. (laughs) This is how I feel most days. I don't know about you. It's not quite the same effect as if no one in the front row barely even notices that it's on, right? Just a little light. This is how I think we think of ourselves lots of times, and understandably so, right? Because we, we think of ourselves, I'm not, I'm not like Jesus. I don't, do, I don't always say the right thing. I don't always do the right that thing. In fact, sometimes I actually do the wrong thing. I actually say the wrong thing. I hurt others. I make mistakes. I'm selfish. I mess up. I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. Or maybe for you, it's like, yeah, I'm barely even this light because this last season has felt so dark. And maybe you showed up here today or you're worshiping with us online today and you're like, I don't even know if there's a light coming out of me anymore. I can barely see it. I doubt anyone else can see it in me because I can't even see it or recognize it in myself. I think all of us think like, "I, I can't be like Jesus and I don't even know if I can, even be like this little light. But here's the thing I don't want you to miss because we can get so stuck, like stuck on this. I have to be just exactly like Jesus. No, 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 no. The goal isn't perfection. It's to be a reflection. Big difference. The goal isn't perfection. It's not, I have to have everything figured out. My life has to be in a great season. I have to have no issues and no drama with my family or my ex-boyfriend. I have to have it all done. And then I can be a light for Jesus. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying you already are a light. It is not about perfection and you having it all figured out. It's about being a reflection of the light and the life that is actually already in you when you are in relationship with Jesus. All of us, all of us, all of us can be a light, even a little light like this, even though it may not seem that bright to you. Listen, it may not seem that bright to you, but to someone who's struggling and stumbling around in darkness, it's exactly what they need to see. It's just bright enough to help them see that there's more than what they are walking through. It changes the darkness around them. You have a light. Jesus says, you have a light to shine. And did you notice when he gave those examples, that the, the, the house and the hill, what he was doing there was he was giving us two different examples of how we shine this life, light, and love of Jesus. He uses two different spaces and places and ways that we do that. He uses a town on a hill, and he uses a lamp and a house. Did you catch that when we just read that a minute ago? Both of those intentionally uh, used by Jesus, I believe, to give us different proximities, to give us different proximities, different ways that our our light shines in relationship. Think about a town on a hill is something you can see from far away. I know. We are hill-challenged here in the Midwest, but think of it this way. Think of it this way. You know when you're coming back from a trip, or you're, or you're coming into work, or you're, you know, and, and you and you come up either on 994, you're coming down, or you're coming in on 290 or whatever it is, and you see the skyline for the first time. You see it off in the distance, and you know what you feel when you see that beautiful skyline? Like that's my city. Like you feel so excited. Like even if you don't live here, you're like that's my city, and you're so excited because you can finally see it. But then you realize you're on a Chicago freeway, and it's going to be at least another hour and a half to two hours till you get to that city. But you know the feeling that I'm talking about, right? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's like that. Like off in a distance, you can actually see that. And in the same way, in a distance, at a distance, people can get a glimpse or a glance of your life and they can see the light of Jesus in you. Even from a distance, they can actually see Jesus in you. So to think about it this way, think about the people who maybe are a little bit of a distance of of, of you in your life. Like think about the people at work. Do the people at work, whether you're back in the office or whether you're on Zoom or not, do they see the light of Jesus in you? Again, these aren't maybe necessarily people that you're in deep relationship with, but they have that kind of proximity to you. Do they see the light of Jesus in how you act at work, how you honor others, how you disengage in gossip or whatever? Do they see that light even at a distance? Or like um, for those of you who are here or maybe who are heading out to, to lunch or to brunch afterwards today, you know, think of it this way. The way you treat your server says a lot about what you believe about Jesus. Yeah. Like I've just come to believe like that's one of the greatest litmus tests of your faith is how you treat the cashier at Target. Yeah. Do you honor them? Do you give them dignity in your interaction with them? Do they see something different about you than the hundred other people that they are there serving, working hard to serve that day? That's kind of because they're not like going to be necessarily be in your life but they're at a proximity, a distance from you. So do they get a glimpse, a glance at Jesus and how you interact with them? Your neighbors, do they they look over at you and the way you live and and go, oh, there's something different. There's something different about that person. Or think about even the things that you post online. Do people see the light of Jesus? Oh, boy. Or the comments that you leave? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Like, does that that reflect the light of Jesus? Because we're all projecting something. Jesus says, here's what I want you to project in this world. My light, my life, my love. Even if it's from a distance. Even if you feel like your tiny little nightlight, people will see me. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to. They will see me more than you even know. So Jesus uses that proximity of a city on a hill, but he also, he uses a more intimate one of a lamp in a house, right? we all have some version of a lamp in our house. This is obviously a very different proximity. This is much closer. This is much more intimate. This might, if we were to kind of play this idea out. This might be uh, your family. This might be your partner. This might be your roommates. This might be your kids. These are the people who who see you for who you really are. (laughs) Like they're around you enough to know who you actually really are. And so does the light and the love and the life of Jesus reflect in that space as well? The people that you have the most amount of relationship with, the people that you're most invested in, do they get to see the light and life and love of Jesus in you? Or is it kind of like muddled and kind of lost and, and kind of like, well, not, not with them, not with them. Cause that's what Jesus actually says. He says, why would you, why would you even a little nightlight like this? Why would you light a light like this in your house for people to see the light and love and life of Jesus and then cover it up like this? What good does that do? That doesn't do any good. That doesn't really help anyone. And yet so often it's the people that we're closest with that we have the hardest time sharing the love of Jesus with. He says, "No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. like. Think about it this way. Think about like. Have you ever um? Have you ever had one of those moments where you pulled your phone out only to realize the flashlight was on? You ever one of those moments? Maybe all day the flashlight had been on, and you're like, I'm new to phones. Like you just didn't realize that somehow you'd turn it like. Et had his finger in your pocket all day. You had no idea that that was happening. Jeannie's gonna give me a note on that one afterwards too. Like that. That you had no idea your flashlight was on. Jesus is saying, Yeah, that's what it's like living like. It's like living like with your flashlight on, but that's the only way you use it is through your pocket." It's like, no, you would never do that. You would never ever do that. You would let your light shine bright, especially with the people who are in closest proximity to your life. So Jesus says, let it shine. Let your light shine. Be bright. In fact, he goes on to say this in Matthew 5 16. He says this. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they actually may see your, what's the word, that they may see your what? Your good deeds. Say it again. They may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven important let's keep this up for a second it's important to pay attention to what jesus says here in the same way let your light shine among others around others whether it's at a distance whether it's up close to people you're in a relationship with so that they may see your good deeds this manifesting itself in the way that you live notice jesus does not say that they may see your good theology not that that's not important or they may see all your right answers or they may see you putting them in their place because they don't believe the same thing as you. Or notice that he doesn't say your perfect deeds because <laughs> you have it all figured out and you did it perfectly or you did it on this massive scale. No, no, in the same way, let your, your light shine so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, when you let your light shine, no matter how small it, it may seem to you, it's not only reflecting Jesus, but it's redirecting people to Jesus. That's the powerful thing. It's not just reflecting Jesus into this world, but it's, but it's redirecting people to Jesus. They see something different than the darkness that surrounds them. You actually get to give. Listen to me. You get to give. Because of your little light, you get to give People hope you actually get to give people just a little, even if it's just a little taste of grace. You actually get to give people a lightness for their heavy load. You get to give rest for weary souls. You get to actually be a light in this world. So Jesus says, "Don't hide your light. Let it shine. Don't diminish your light. Let it shine. Don't second guess your light. Let it shine. Even if you don't have it all figured out. Even if it's in a dark season for you, there is a light that you can shine through your life. And here's what I want." you to get. I don't want you to miss this. The light you show matters more than you know. Because there may be someone in your life, in your world, in fact, they may be sitting right next to you that needs that light, that love, that encouragement, that hope, that peace, that joy. They, like you, like me, like all of us, may be walking through a difficult season like you have, I have, and they just need your little light to shine. It matters more than you know, especially with all that we are walking through, that all of us have walked through over this last year, the light that you show matters more than you know. Even your little light can give someone a glimpse of Jesus. In fact, it may be the only glimpse they get of Jesus today. Yeah. So let it shine. Let it shine. When you reach out to a friend who's struggling or a friend who's hurting, and you actually talk with them, not just the quick like, hey, bud, you know, text, like, hope you're well. But you actually call them, you talk to them. I had someone do this with me over our break. I, my counselor had me reach out to people and share my journey over this last year and a half with grief and with loss. And, and at one of these coffees, this, pers- this person just turned the light on for me because I just felt so stuck in the space. I felt so alone in the space of loss and grief. And through their loss and grief, he turned the light on for me. I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. When you, when you hold that space with someone, when you talk with someone, when you get together, if it's safe to do so with them, you let your light shine. When you actually talk with we talked about a second ago. When you talk with your server, not at your server at lunch you ask them how their day is going. Our kids get so frustrated. You need to get so frustrated. Because this is just a thing that I love to do. I'll always talk to our server. I'll always talk to a target person. I'll always talk to... Them. It's like I don't have any friends. And so I'm constantly like putting feelers out there just to see. And it's not, it's not because of that. It's because I've worked those jobs. And I know how hard and frustrating and lonely it can be. And so for me, it's a little way to be a little light. How's your day going today? How much longer you got? How's it going for you in this season? Just little ways to be a little light. When you do little things like that, you let... Your light shine. When you, listen, when you, when you choose to love someone who doesn't look like you or, or who doesn't vote like you, who doesn't think like you, who doesn't pray like you, who doesn't love like you, when you genuinely, actually genuinely choose to love them, not tolerate them, love them with no expectations or strings attached, you are letting your light shine. You have no idea what that might do in their life when you actually choose to pick up the tab or to pay the bill for a meal, and you know, Tamara's here for him, so she wants to make sure that you have it within your budget, but you have it within your budget to do so, and, and you can cover it out of joyful generosity. You can say, you know what? Let me do that right now. Let me cover this. Hey, I know you're going through a tough time. Let me do that for you. You are letting your light shine. When you choose to invite someone to come and, and, and sit with you, now listen, actually come and sit with you at church. Or at Alpha, when you invite a friend or a coworker or a neighbor, hey, would you want to come? I know we've been talking about some of this stuff, or I know and you said you kind of want to find or meet some friends and meet some people around here. Would, would you be willing to come with me? Like when you actually get up and, and you get out of your sweats and you dust off your outside clothes and, and you actually go to church or you go to Alpha with them, or, or maybe you share this message with them later and you just say, hey, I was thinking of you. This encouraged me. I want to encourage you. You are letting your light shine. More than you know. Just from a simple invite, a simple ask. Hey, would you, would you come with me? I'll sit with you. I'll wait with you. Where should I meet you? Meet me by the gray wall. Nope, that won't help with this church. Just come and you'll find me somewhere in the building. I'll be there, right? And quick sidebar on that. Just a little quick sidebar. My hunch is there's probably at least five people in your life right now that would gladly join you at Church or Alpha this next week. Gladly. They're one ask away. One little light shining in their life. So will you let your light shine? Listen, when you shift a conversation that seems to be going south or spiraling out of control and you shift that conversation to genuine hope or to grace or to forgiveness or when you refuse to give into gossip, you are letting your light shine shine. When you ask someone how you can actually pray for them and they're sharing maybe something difficult in their life that they're walking through and you say, would you be okay with me praying for you? And you actually pray for them. You are letting your light shine. There are lots of little ways for you to let your light shine today, to let your light shine this week, either up close and personal, like a lamp in a house, or even at a distance, like a city on a hill. So, this week, can we choose as a church to be bright? To be bright for those we come into contact with, those who may be looking at our life. I don't know about you, but this last weekend, um, I, I found myself reflecting a lot on the events of 9 11. And for some of us who are old enough to kind of remember what that was like, I vividly remember that day and what it was like. And there was a lot of specials and a lot of things on, and it really was, I found myself in a very tender space of, man, I cannot believe it's been 20 years since that happened. And what I found myself reflecting on, though, was not just the, the day itself, September 11th, but the days that followed. And again, for those of you who are kind of old enough to remember some of this, do you remember how everything felt different in the days that followed? Like. Yes, things were scarier and things maybe felt out of control in a way we'd never experienced, but there was also this kind of like genuine camaraderie and community and generosity of spirit among people. Like I, I remember multiple blood drives. Like I remember giving like blood several times because that's what someone in New York or DC or Pennsylvania, that's what they needed. I, I remember checking in on my New York friends and family regularly as soon as I could get a hold of them. How are you? What do you need? Like there was just a different spirit about the people in this country. Like I remember... And this one made no sense to me. Here in Chicago, where we were living at the time, I remember like... People were even driving differently. They were like kinder on the, on the freeway and stuff. Like, I don't know why, but like people would let you into their lane or, you know, they would like, kind of let you turn. No, no, you, no, no, you. We've been through a lot together. This is the least we can do. I don't know. There was like a spirit about it. It was like the Garden of Eden on the Eden's Expressway. It was just like something felt kind of different and special. Like, oh my goodness. Wow. Look at the best of us coming together like this. And I don't know if you remember, but then within a couple of weeks, what began to happen? the inevitable, like inevitable began to happen. All that goodwill, all that generosity was harder and harder to find. And we began not long after to demonize our Muslim brothers and sisters, to find our enemy, to play politics, to be succumbed by selfishness. Why? Because I believe that that is is just the way of this world, I just believe it is. It is just the way of this world. The things of this world always default to darkness. It does not mean that God is not in this world, that God does not love this world, that this world is not infused and imbued with his grace and beauty. I'm just saying that the things of this world will always drift and default to darkness. And I know this because that's true of me. I need your light. I need it. We need it. We need to be a light to each other, to others that we know and may never actually know. That's why your light matters. That's why it's so important. Even with our little imperfect little lights, even though we don't have it all figured out, each of us can choose to be bright this week. And I want to show you what, what, just a little illustration, and encouragement maybe for you who are here in this room, what it looks like when, when you choose to be bright in the best way that you can, with your life and your good deeds and your love of Jesus in this world. And so I want you to grab actually right where your Bibles were in the seat in front of you and up in the balcony, you can reach down the ground and grab these. There should be a little glow stick like this. That's there for a reason. That wasn't left here from a previous event. And I want you to grab that and don't crack it, 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 don't crack it. it, it. Going to ruin the whole payoff of this metaphor. Don't crack it yet. And grab that. And I want you to think about, for those, of again, who are here in this space, I want you to think about what happens when just a little bit of light shines. When just a little bit of light shines. How it can change the darkness around it. Where everything else might seem hopeless and in despair. A little bit of light not only reflects Jesus, but redirects people to Jesus. Helps people see that there's more than just what is going on around them. There's more than the violence in this city. There's more than the division. There's more than war. There's more than poverty. There's more than what is going on. There's more than just me in this world, just from a little bit of light. And I wonder if, if anyone would be willing this week to say, I, I don't know, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm willing to be that light. I want to be the light and love of Jesus. I wonder if you'd be willing to just break, just crack your little thing and stand up and hold it up just like this right now. Watch what changes in this room when we do. So if that's you, you're like, yeah, I want to be that kind of light. Would you just stand up right now and hold your little light up and watch what begins to change in a dark room? Go ahead and stand up. If you want to be like, yeah, I want to be a little light. I appreciate those of you who are waving and wiggling your lights. We see you. (laughs) You are a wonderful light. Look at how the whole room changes, how those around you changes. From a distance, right? We can see the room has changed, but even look up close. We can see the people next to you in proximity. That's what Jesus was talking about here, that each of us gets to be a little light that reflects him and redirects people towards him in this world. And it reminds me of me trying to be the best little light that I can be. It reminds me of the words of Mother Teresa, who said that none of us, and she said, including me, none of us, including me, can ever do great things, but we can do small things with great love. None of us ever do great things, but we can do small things with great love. And together, something wonderful can happen. Together, we can do something wonderful. None of us on our own can be that big, bright, shiny light like Jesus, but all of us together can do something wonderful that reflects the light and love of Jesus. Today, for the rest of the day, would you be willing to actually just keep this somewhere on you, wrap it around your wrist or keep it in your pocket as a reminder that that's what you want to be today, that kind of light, and that you are a part of a community of people who are willing to let their light shine bright this week and let the darkness that surrounds us begin to diminish in the light of Jesus. Because the light that you actually show, it matters more than you know. And so I'm going to continue to have you stand. I want to pray for us that we would all be bright this week and then we're gonna close out and worship together. Jesus, thank you that you said both things are true. You are the light. You are that light, that life that eliminates and eradicates and illuminates the darkness. But you also said that we are that light. I am that light. We are that light. And my hunch is there are people from a distance that we may or may not know that are looking at our lives and I wonder what the story is that they're writing about us or even about you. And there's people in close proximity with us in our lives or relationships that matter most that could use some light, that can use some love of you, Jesus, today. Now, would you help us just to do that? Not perfect deeds, but good deeds, acts of love and service and kindness and joy and hope and peace that we would actually bring that light into this world that is always going to default to darkness on its own. But you called us, you sent us into this world with your light to be that light. And so would you help us today to experience it and to share it with others in your name, we pray. Amen.